0: Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all give the Lord another hand clap. Won't you do that? And while you're standing, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today and we thank you for this time of fellowship around your word. We thank you for Jesus, that he's our high priest and that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Thank you for your word. Your word is never void of power. You always confirm it with signs following Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher, our God. And we believe that he will manifest himself as the teacher causing the complex to be made simple. That is our prayer. And Lord, since you know us name by name, situation by situation, it is with great confidence that we believe you will tailor this word for every individual and every family. That is our prayer. So in advance, we give you alone the praise, the honor, and the adoration For all that shall be accomplished, all that shall be revealed. In Jesus' name. And the people said. And the people shouted. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Can we celebrate the man of God of this house? Amen. Oh, one more time. We have to do better than that. Amen. What an awesome man of God you have. And uh, somehow, I'm going to have to hear that rap that he's doing next week. I'm going to have to hear that. I got to get that. Amen. <laughs> so creative in bringing the word. Amen and amen. <clears throat> now, um, uh, this is one of the rare times. My wife is not with me. She's uh, 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 at uh, she's at, in Houston. She does baby de- dedications in this restructured, uh, time of ours. My daughter's pastor in the church that she's going on her fifth year and doing an excellent job, just an amazing job. And, uh, but, uh, uh, my, my wife still loves to do those baby dedications. And, you know, she has this anointing for, uh, for babies. Yes, indeed. And so, uh, praise the Lord. So, um, that's where she is. That's the only reason she's not with me. That's very rare. Um, uh, so, but I'm here with my son, and I'm all right. The Lord. Amen. amen and amen. So we want to welcome those who are watching online, and uh, we're going to get right into this. Y'all ready? Yes. All right. Turn with your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 6. We'll start there at verse 47. Luke chapter 6 and verse 47, and we're going to j- jump into this. Um, I-, I'm, uh, I-, I told uh, Pastor uh earlier how I got really excited when God gave me this assignment for today uh because I believe that uh, I'm sent today to minister to some people. Amen. Amen. So it's uh this is not a canned lesson that I just well I, no no this is what I believe God wanted me uh to talk about today. And so uh uh we, we're gonna get into it. Now I don't uh you may have a, a an electronic Bible or you may have a paper Bible, but let's make our declaration. <clears throat> Repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a doer, not just a hearer. And my life is the better after having heard the word of faith faith comes by hearing and hearing hearing by the word of God Amen now in Luke chapter 6 starting there at verse 47 it says whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them I will show you to whom he is like he is like a man which built a an house and digged deep everybody say dig deep and laid the foundation upon or- on a rock and when the floods Arose, and the stream beat the vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat the vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. We're going to teach from this subject, overcoming things. That shake your faith, overcoming things that can shake your faith. Now, <clears throat> I've been teaching faith for a long time. Um, uh, in 1980, I'd gone through a church fight, and uh, I had to start over. And I was in this little raggedy, rundown building. And in this little raggedy, rundown building, <clears throat> uh, I'm ready to go back to work. I really want to go back to work uh, in industry. I had been a full-time pastor. I want to go back to work in the industry. And God said, no, <clears throat> I don't have, uh, I don't have 50 members. <laughs> and I got 50 borrowed chairs in the church. And uh, do they have that little shop? Yeah, yeah. That's my church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and, uh, and God saying, no, you don't go back to work. I'm going to teach you how to trust me. I'm going to teach you how to live by faith. Well, I told God, I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn. Let me go back in industry. I'm a system analyst. My skills are in demand. And uh, he said no. As a reluctant student then, I I said yes to God. And he began to teach me how to trust him and how to live by faith. As a result of uh, 33 years of ministry and living by faith, God uh, calls us to live a supernatural life and do supernatural things. So if they put the collage of of church buildings, we acquired a million square feet of church buildings and uh, over 500 acres of land, and we have a global ministry touching the world. Do y'all have the collage? Yeah, they had it this morning there. I want you to see that. That's a result of 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 faith. Can y'all give the Lord a hand clamp for that? Amen. Now. But in teaching faith, uh, many people, and we're, we're going to talk about a, a, a part of faith that uh, you, probably, you, you, you rarely hear. Because people who, who attempt to live by faith or who live by faith, many times they will have a struggle. And they struggle in silence because they don't want others to think they don't have it. But the faith fight is part of the faith process. The faith fight is part of the faith process. It is the devil's attempt to shake you so that you sabotage your own faith. So you walk away, and that's what we're going to talk about. Because there are things that can happen that can shake your faith. There are things that can happen. You're praying for a relative to live, and you prayed, you 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 fasted, uh, you fasted, you sold seed, and they died. They died. That can shake your faith. I was talking to a man at our camp. We had a camp, a Christian campground uh, this year, well, our camp session, and the cook uh, came to me. Uh, one of the cooks that was there. Uh, he' he's not even a member of the church, but he, made may have hired him to be a cook. And he came and he said, uh, he pulled me aside. He says, uh, I don't understand. I said, what well, do you mean I don't understand? He says, uh, why some things happen to me? I, I'm a good man, he said, and I've been, I've been serving God. He said, and I just, I got, I just got diagnosed with stage four cancer. Why? Why? He said, and then in the midst of this, my wife of 28 years walked off and said she don't want to be married anymore. And she said, I not be bothered because I'm going to be dead in, my, in, you know, in a little while. Why would she do so? Why am I going? I'm a good man. And I wonder, was it worth it all? What's happening? He's going through a faith-shaking moment. And faith-shaking moments are common to the human experience, the, the believer's experience. But I'm going to show you today how to go through those faith-shaking times. And the scripture says there, when Jesus gives the parable, he says, it's those who will dig deep and lay their houses on a solid foundation. When we look at that parable, both houses uh, had to face the wind. Both houses had to face the storm, but it was the house that was built on the solid foundation that was able to withstand the shaking. Amen and amen. And that's where I want you to be, at a place where you know what to do when the devil attempts to shake your faith. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad I came to church today. Those of you who are watching, you put in the comment section, I'm glad I'm watching today. All right, now, so we got three simple points. Point number one will be the dynamic revelation, the dynamic revelation of the God kind of faith. Point number two is going to be the demonic reaction to the God kind of faith. And then our final point will be the deliberate resolve of the God kind of faith. Now I know that this is a faith teaching church. Your man of God knows faith, lives faith, and teaches faith. Can we celebrate him for that? So I'm not going to talk a lot about the mechanics of faith uh, uh, because I know you have been—you've already been taught that. But so so I can gather everybody together, let me just kind of give a summary of uh, this God kind of faith. Because the will of God does not automatically come to pass. Now, I grew up in a church setting where they told me anything God wanted to do, he would do anyhow. And I thought it was true until I began to read the Bible. It is not because God is not all powerful. It is not because God is not almighty. He is but God has set an order in the earth and he respects the order that he sets up. Now, the will of God does not automatically come to pass. It is the will of God. Is it the will of God for everybody to be saved? Yes, we know it because the Bible teaches and God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So it is the undeniable will of God for everybody to be saved. Next question, will everybody be saved? No, no. So that means the will of God is not automatic because, watch this, people will not be saved because they will not do what is required to receive the salvation that is freely given. So I rest my case. The will of God does not automatically come to pass. The promises of God are received by faith. The promises of God are received by faith. Now, when we get ready to study faith scripturally, we see a whole lot of things concerning faith. So, uh, right now, let's look at the perspective uh, evaluation of the God kind of faith. And the Bible teaches me in Hebrews 11 and 6, that without faith it is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, when I look in the Scripture, I see uh, several examples of scriptural faith. Number one, there is saving faith. There is saving faith. Everybody say saving faith. Saving faith. The Bible says, "By grace are you saved through faith." That's saving faith. Secondly, there is uh, <clears throat> submission faith. Everybody say submission faith. Yeah. Now, submission faith is the faith that we see Peter exercises when Jesus says, launch out into the deep. It's the simple obedience to the Word of God. Now, um, uh, so Peter never confessed, I believe I receive a boatload of fish, but it was this submission faith, submitting himself to what God's Word says with the expectation, and that calls the results. Third, there is... All right, you gonna put it on there? All right, all right. They're waiting for me. Thirdly, (laughs) uh, there is surrogate faith. Everybody says surrogate faith. Now, surrogate faith is when a person uses their faith on behalf of another, like the centurion did, like the woman whose daughter was grievously vexed did. They use their faith on behalf of another. And then there is special faith. Now, special faith is that the gift of the Spirit. When the Bible, Bible teaches that when the Holy Spirit will cause you to supernaturally believe so that the will of God can come to pass. And finally, there is, there is systematic faith. Now systematic faith is the faith that Jesus taught in Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 11 and verse 22 where he says, have faith in God, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have Whatsoever he said, therefore, I say unto you, what things, soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Now, so when we look at faith, faith causes things to be possible. Faith causes things to come to pass supernaturally because it gets God involved. Everybody say God gets involved. Now, so when we talk about faiths, the supernatural possibilities of faith, we got a whole list of things that we can see proven in the Bible that promises are received by faith, that problems are resolved by faith, that potentials are realized by faith. Pleasing God is reached by faith. Power is released through faith. Plagues are removed through faith. Provisions are raised through faith, and the predator is rebuked through faith. Amen, amen. So now, that means that I really need to get an understanding of faith. Now, even though we talked about these various types of faith, there is one common denominator among them all. I call it the principal element of the God kind of faith. Just as sugar is essential to a cake, you follow me? Believing is essential to faith because of all faith rests on this whole concept of believing. Now biblical believing is different from the world's believing. Biblical believing is the persuaded conviction in something or someone without absolute sense realm proof. Choosing to accept the reality, validity, and veracity of a thing based on what the Word of God establishes. Simply put, believing is, biblical believing, is to accept something as a fact, even though you have no sense rim evidence. Biblical believing is to accept something as a fact, even though you have no sense-rem evidence. Now, what most people call believing in faith is really reasoning on tiptoes. When they just about can think how it can come to pass, they call that faith. But biblical believing is the only evidence that I have is what God's word says. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I do know if he said it, he'll make it good. Amen. Now, that's what biblical faith is all about. Is about believing and that is where you will be attacked by the devil because he wants you to forfeit your faith. He wants you to throw away your faith by challenging what you believe. Amen and amen. Now, uh, believing can turn the tide on my situation. I need somebody to say that. Believing Believing can turn the tide on my situation. Now, when we really want to understand believing, we have to look at uh, the story of Thomas in the Bible. Because Thomas, uh, they, uh, the disciples said, Thomas, we have seen the Lord after the resurrection. And Thomas says, don't talk. No, no, no. Last time I saw Jesus, he's dead. You understand? And they said, no, 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 Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He said, no, 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 except I see him uh, myself. Put my finger in the hole in his hand. Thrust my hand in the hole in his side. Watch this. He says, I will not believe. I will not believe. Watch this now. So believing is a matter of your will. If you can believe it, it becomes possible for you. Mark 9.23 says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So possibilities for you has nothing to do what other folk have done. Has nothing to do what other folk have failed to do. Possibilities for you rest solely in your capacity to believe. Now I want you to grab a hold of that because... If you can believe it, watch this, then it becomes possible for you. I remember when uh, uh, years ago uh, when, when um, uh, we had multiple campuses and I needed to get from one campus to another, uh, uh, you know, uh, in a time frame. And we were trying to do it on the road and uh, we had a police escort driving 100 miles an hour on the expressway. And man, that was dangerous. One day a lady looked up, saw the flashing light, hit her brakes, and uh, the policeman ran into her. And uh, thank God he didn't get hurt. But I said, this is not God's best. So I began to believe for a helicopter. Oh, um, you know, and f- f- a few friends I had on the... Oh, man, I ain't never heard no church or no helicopter. And they was all being negative, you understand. Oh, you know, no, no helicopter. And, you know, and, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My, minute. My, my getting a helicopter ain't based on what you can believe. Now, I understand. Because, see, they were believing for church vans. Their faith couldn't rise above the road. I'm believing to get in the air. But because they couldn't believe it, it didn't stop it from happening. Because if I could, oh, y'all better hear me. If I could believe it, it becomes, now what does that mean for you? Better for you is based on what you can believe. Regardless of what your friends think, regardless of what your family thinks, better for you is based solely on what you can believe. Stay with me. Everybody say, stay with him. Now, watch this now. So believing is a matter of my will. And so uh, the Bible says, several days later, Jesus appeared. He says, come here, Thomas. Examine me. Look at my hands. Put your finger there. Look at the hole in my side. Put your hand there. And then Thomas starts shouting, my Lord, my God. Jesus says, calm down now, calm down. He says, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. And then Jesus called that faithlessness. Watch this. He says now, blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed. Stay with me. Because see, Thomas had adopted a flawed criteria for him believing. He's saying, my will will not be persuaded to believe until I can examine Jesus. Jesus says, that's faithlessness. Alright? See, we all have a criteria that must be met before we will have the conviction to believe. Alright? Let's see if we can make it this way. See, some people say, well, I can't never be successful. Well, why not? Well, I can't be conceptual because um, I I didn't finish school. I didn't finish college. Bible don't say that. But that has become your criteria. And see, until that criteria is met, you don't have the capacity to believe. You follow what I'm saying? Or, I'll I'll, I'll never be rich. Why? Because my husband left me with all these children. I got all these mouths to feed. Bible doesn't say that. But I Bible said the blessing of the Lord make you rich. He didn't say the husband make you rich. But watch this now. Well, see, people have these flawed criterias. Now watch this. God had to correct me because I'm in a little raggedy building. P- put the little building back up there. I'm in a little raggedy. I think I like this session. I like this session better than the morning. Don't tell the morning people. Don't tell the morning people. All right, watch this. So I'm here, and I'm believing I cannot be successful unless I've got three, four hundred members. He said, no, you work for me, and I can afford your dream. I had to elevate my criteria from the pew to God. And I start prospering right there. Now, I know what you're about to say. You should have fixed that building. You can't fix that. You got to move. All right. All right. Now, let's let's get back on point now. Because it is the believing part that the enemy will attack you on. Believing is a matter of your will. Believing has a criteria that must be satisfied. And biblical believing does not require centrium evidence. The word of God is your evidence. Now, now the demonic reaction to the God kind of faith is this. Since the devil couldn't keep you out of heaven, he wants to keep you from living the abundant supernatural life. Everybody say, the abundant supernatural life. Now, when I say supernatural, I'm not, I'm not talking about spooky. I'm just talking about God intervening and helping you in life. You follow me? And the Bible says when Job, uh, Job uh, was, when he recovered from uh, the uh, attack on him, that God gave him twice as much. Now, it was supernatural that God gave him twice as much, but the mechanics of it seemed natural. Now, what do you mean? Money didn't fall out the sky, but God moved on the hearts of people to give to Job. But it was still supernatural, though it was not spectacular. See, you can live a supernatural life knowing God is helping you in every situation, even though it does not look spectacular. Help me today, Lord Jesus. Now, now, now. So, what the devil wants to do now he wants to attack you. The Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter two verse eleven, "Let Satan to get the advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." So I want to talk to you now about the attack, the attack that the, the attack of the adversary to shatter your faith. Since the devil couldn't keep you out of heaven, he wants to keep you from God's best. Now, a faith-shaking event is a satanically exploited experience or situation that is temporary. Everybody said temporarily. Temporarily disappointing, disheartening, but holds the promise of divine purposes, discoveries, and promotions to the glory of God. Now, I know that's a mouthful, and you're going to probably have to come back and study that, but let's see if we can't break it down to you. What the devil does when... Uh, a situation arises, he's the accuser of the brethren. So he's going to come with that unpleasant situation in the middle of that to start talking to you. Mm -hmm. He wants to talk to you to get you to question faith, to question God, and question whether or not this is all real. Amen. So he does that when a person experienced delays, you were praying and it didn't seem like it happened in time. Or it still haven't happened, right? <clears throat> when you experience disease, you get a report from the doctor. And that report from the doctor, you follow me, <laughs> is, 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 is traumatic. You follow me? And so you, you say, but, 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 but why? Why, why, why me? Why me? Why me? All right when you experience a disaster. I mean, when um, uh, we uh, talked about uh, this on one of my uh, conversations, the Apostles' Conversation, uh, we were talking with one of the pastors who was from uh, Louisiana and uh, during Katrina. He said it was right after he got everything in order. I mean, everything in order. Church in order. Building in order. Everything in order. He goes to bed one night, And wakes up the next day. Church is gone. Members are gone. Everything is gone. That can shake your faith. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, a guy he was telling me about how uh, this person was saying that God, that they're not on good terms with God. Why? They prayed for their mama to live and their mama died, pray for their aunt to live and the aunt died. And so they're not on good terms with God right now. What? Their faith has been shaken. So it can be shaken by delays, shaken by disease, shaken by disaster. Shaken by disappointments, disappointments, and people or things didn't work out like you thought they would. Uh, uh, it can be shaken by defects. Everybody say defects. You believe for that. You believe for that house or that car or something, and it's full of defects. <laughs> it can be shaken by by death or or, or seemingly defeat. Amen. So all of these things can happen, and when they happen, uh, God didn't do it now, but the devil will try to exploit it, even when he didn't do it, because sometimes it's just the natural order of things or the order of times. But he's going to come and he's going to use that to challenge your confidence in God. You've been going to church all this time and, the, and look at you. You've been, yeah, yeah. And, also, and Now they don't even go to church. They don't even give the tithe. But look what they have and look what you have. All of that is to rob you from a supernatural life. Amen. Everybody say, hang in there, hang in there. So I got to understand when I am under attack. The devil does not show up with a red suit and a pitchfork. No, he shows up with the uh, in the arena of your mind. That's where real spiritual warfare takes place. Well, how can you say that, pastor? Well, the word says that in Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. <laughs> for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Now strongholds are mental thought patterns that are contrary to the will of God. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to have a thought pattern that is contrary to the will of God. So the next part says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself to the knowledge of God and bringing into obedience what <laughs> and bringing and, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ so now it is these intrusive thoughts that causes the faith shaking these intrusive thoughts to cause you to question what's going on in your life all right Let's go there. When the Bible talks about a fiery dart, remember the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, uh, against principalities and powers. And then it talks about raising the shield of faith when, uh, to quench the fiery darts. Well, that's metaphoric for the thought, that intrusive thought. You have to raise up your faith to counteract the intrusive thought of the devil. The problem is when the devil attacks people, they are silent. You cannot let the devil do all the talking. Come on, somebody talk back to me and say, you can't let the devil do all the talking. I mean, years ago when our, our plane was, uh, we had, we were coming from, I think it was, uh, um, um, George, George, some part of Georgia we was coming back from late at night, 43,000 feet and, uh, both engines went out. Both engines went out and uh, a total electrical failure. And uh, the plane starts falling. You know, I had one preacher say, I wish I could have been now. I now you stupid. I didn't want to be there. Plane. <laughs> the plane is falling. You got it. And the devil tells me, I'm going to kill you. You see? And I didn't let him do all the talking. I talked back. I ain't dying tonight. I ain't said it in my mind. I said it loud. You follow me? Because when Jesus was attacked by the devil, he countered it. Are you listening to me? And many of your problem is, and I'm not trying to condemn you, please understand, I've been and I've had the faith fight, is that you try to fight in silence. And we exercise authority with the words of our mouths. I told the devil I ain't dying tonight. Well, how can you say that? The Bible says he satisfies me with long life. I ain't satisfied. No, no, I, no I, see, I believe that, see, you know, I don't know, I, don't, I believed it, that I ain't satisfied, and he says he's going to give his angels charge over me, I don't know how you're going to land this plane, i lead leave the to him, but I ain't dying tonight, and I'm not going to get in a plane crash, and that ain't going to happen. Well, I'm here. Glory to God, amen, y'all get a, Lord, a hand clap for that. All right, now stay with me. So, the thoughts that he brought to them. He sends thoughts to have me question my understanding of the principle of faith. Did, is this really how to use faith? Secondly, he questioned, he wants me to question my understanding of the process of faith. Did I do it right? Did I say it enough times? He wants me to question the people of faith. Did they really teach me right? Did they really tell me the truth? He wants me to question the person of faith. Is God really the God they told me he was? Is he really a God who delivers? Is he really a God who rescues? Is he really a God of grace and mercy? Mm -hmm -hmm. He wants me to question not only the principle of faith and the process of faith and the people of faith, the person of faith, but also the power of faith. Can faith, the power of faith, can it save me in my situation? Can it give me my breakthrough? Amen, amen. Because the Bible says, if a man's heart condemn him, he cannot have confidence toward God. And in the midst of a faith-shaking situation, the enemy is trying to shake your confidence in God. Somebody ought to talk to me tonight. Amen and amen. Now. Uh, what you need to understand, uh, faith-shaking situations are common to the believer's experience. Amen. You read the Bible, you see a whole lot of people who went through faith-shaking situations. It is an emotional matter, faith-shaking times, or in, in the truth of it, it's an emotional, everybody say emotional matter. Yeah, it's, it, it triggers all kinds of emotions when you're going through this. Fear comes in and all kinds of emotions of uncertainty and frustration come in. It's an emergency matter. Normally your faith is shaken in an emergency, unexpected situation. It is an exploitation matter. That is when the devil steps in and he starts talking to you to make you question. After all of this, look what you're facing. <laughs> and he doesn't play fair. He doesn't play fair. 2016, um, um, um and I had a, had a health challenge. I mean, we was, Lady B and I was getting ready to celebrate, uh, our anniversary. We were in Florida and I get up and I have this pain. And, and, and uh, this, that, you know, a lot of people say, I don't like to go to the doctor. There's a pain that, that not make you want to go. <laughs> No, there's a pain that make you say, take me now. (laughs) So I told Lady B, I said, I need to go to emergency room. She looked at me and said, what? I said, I need to go right now. And so, go to emergency room, and for about two weeks, they could not figure out what was wrong. In fact, we had to leave, we came back, and I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and the specialist put his head in his hands. The guy who trains the specialist... And he shook his head and Now he needs operation, but I just don't know what he needs. And then the devil said, Now you see, you done laid hands on all of those people and they all got healed supernaturally. And now look at you, you waiting on a doctor. <laughs> Y'all know I don't play that. <laughs> and so we found a doctor who could help me. Then the devil said, uh, You remember your daddy went to the hospital? Had a stroke on the table, on the operating table. Died shortly thereafter. I'm going to kill you on the table. Stupid. Remember, whatever the devil tells you is a lie. See, what the devil does, he gives you the thought and wants you to give life to it with your mouth. The Bible says, take... No thought, saying. Look, at the person I say, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Oh, got to, got All right. So, it is an emotional matter. It's an emergency matter. It's an exploitation matter. But here's the good news: it is a an entrusting matter. It is a time. Now, I'm on my third point: the determined resolve of the God kind of faith. It is a time when you have to use your authority and you have to fight the fight of faith. Watch this. And you have to get on the offensive. Everybody say the offensive. Yeah, yeah, you got to get on the offensive. You don't just sit back and let the devil do all the talking, but you have to learn how to fight. You don't fight in silence. You have to be on the offenses. And the Bible says, watch this, that... um, that the Bible teaches us that what we need to do is we have to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So Mary and Martha uh, had a faith-shaking moment. That brother died. But they didn't expect him to die. Lazarus took sick, but Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Jesus had spent the time over at Mary and Martha's house. So surely, if we ask Jesus to come because Lazarus is sick, he's coming, but he didn't make it. You got it? So Lazarus took, everybody say, low sick. See, that's old friend, that's old term. Yeah, yeah, he and Lazarus low sick. And, and Jesus still didn't show up. You got it? So then Lazarus dies. But that's okay. That's okay. Jesus raises people from the dead. Surely he's gonna get here to raise him from the dead. But Jesus ain't show up. Well, we got to have a funeral. So on the funeral, they put on the program. How I knew him as a friend. Jesus of Nazareth. So at least Jesus will come and speak at the funeral. But Jesus doesn't show up. Four days later, here come Jesus and his posse. Rolling in the town late. And the girls couldn't take it. They went up to Jesus and said, look, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have, I mean that, that, you know, y- y'all read the Bible too, too, too you know, y- y'all don't see all that, but I said, they didn't, they wouldn't say, well, if you ha- if thou hadst not been here, thy brother, no, no. <laughs> Faith was shaken. And Jesus said to them, you follow me? He said, move the stone. You know, oh, all the way, he'd been there four days. He's thinking by now. Faith is shaken, but they had, Enough in them after he ministered to them so that they got on the offensive and moved the stone and saw the glory of God. Let me wrap this up today because in those moments you have to intentionally trust in God. You have to intentionally, everybody say intentionally put your trust in God. Now the Bible talks about, everybody say put your trust. Now, uh, that word "put" is a powerful word because from the, I see all of you how, how wonderfully you are dressed tonight today, and, and that's because you put on clothes. None of y'all walked into your closet and just stood there, and the clothes jumped off the hangers on you. No, you had to put them on. You had to be deliberate. You had to take some stuff off and put some stuff on. When the Bible talks about putting your trust in God, it is a deliberate act. So Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Psalms 9 and 10 says, we confidently put our trust in him. Isaiah 12 and 2 says, I will trust and not be afraid. Isaiah 26 and 3, he will keep us in perfect peace, all who trust in him. Psalms 56 and 3 says, at what time I'm afraid, I will put my trust in him. It's a deliberate act. It's a disciplined act. It's a decisive act. It's a delightful act. It's demonstrated. Everybody say demonstrated. Right. Now, here's what I want to get to because there's this discipline. How do I reach this persuaded conviction? How do I reach this place where in the midst of a crisis, I am not shaken? Here's how, here's how you do it. Uh, they're going to put these scriptures up. And I want you to hold on to them. James 1 and 2. Brother, my brother, he says, "What? Counted all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this." Everybody say, "Knowing this." Come on, shout it out! I'm about to. Wrap, I'm wrapping it up. Everybody say, "Knowing this." So it says, "I counted when I in a faith-shaking moment, I counted joy because of what I know." All right, the uh, second witness of this is in Romans chapter 8, chapter 5. Paul says virtually the same thing. And not only so, we glory in tribulation, also what? Knowing. Knowing. Everybody say knowing. Knowing. All right, watch this. Now, how do I reach the place of knowing? The place of knowing where I am never shaken. Well, I got to go to Jesus There in John chapter 8 and verse 31. All right? Watch this. this. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall... Come on, talk back to me. I'll know the truth. So I get to the place of knowing (laughs) based on my continuing. I'm getting a little loud. Let me just kind of tone it down. Yeah. See, when I choose to saturate myself with the word of God, I arrive at a place of knowing. Oh, that's not, that's not, that's not something foreign to you. You know the words to a lot of songs. Some spiritual, some not. Why? You heard them over and over and over because you continued to hear them. You arrived at a place of knowing. They can just play the music and you can start with the lyrics. Why? You didn't get there because you heard it one time. You got there through saturation. You, (laughs) watch this. When you just saturate yourself with the Word of God, you are preparing yourself for that faith-shaking moment. That's what it means to dig down deep. Amen. I dig down deep. Amen. When I show up in church every Sunday. I'm not looking at the weather to determine whether or not I'm coming. I'm digging deep. I show up for Bible study. Why? Because I'm digging deep. Yeah, I, I, I go through the I go through the lesson more than one time during the week. Why? Because I'm digging deep. Because in that faith-shaking moment, I cannot afford for my... I'm just getting too loud in here. I cannot afford for my faith to be shaken. Uh, but, but Apostle, what is it that we know? Whoo! I'm glad you asked that question. Look at Romans chapter 8. Amen and amen. <laughs> what is it that we know? And we know, and we know, and we know all things work together for good to them (laughs) who love the Lord. To them who are on the call according to his purpose. What do I know? What I know, I know that what I am going through may not look good. But I know that all things, during the pandemic, during the pandemic, I learned, I learned to, uh, I cook, I can cook anything that I can order. Anything I could order in a restaurant, I learned to cook it. People say, well, is that therapy? No, it ain't therapy. I, I learned to cook because I like to eat. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to just go and bust it out. Yeah, I, I cooked I cook past the breakfast this morning. And yeah, brought it from Houston. Amen. He he's a witness for me. Amen. Yeah. Now now watch this. Watch this. Watch watch. watch. So the other day, I decided that I am going to. Uh, I was going to to uh, be a baker, and so I'm I'm, I'm I was going to bake me some homemade biscuits. Now, now I could go buy peelberry if I wanted to, but I wanted to make them from scratch. So I got all my ingredients there. The flour. You got it, you know uh, all the you know the, the bacon soda and all of that kind of stuff. I got all that, the, you know, the bacon, all of, I got all that stuff together. And then I stepped back and looked at it. I said, Now, each one of these individually is distasteful, but oh, when you put it all ag- y'all what am I saying? What you're going through now may be distasteful, but there is a master baker in charge, and he's gonna put it all together, and you're coming out on top. Give the Lord a shout. Everybody, say, get on the offensive you got to be on the offense. you you got, to, you got to take a deliberate faith action. Everybody say, deliberate, deliberate. faith action. Deliberate. See, and that deliberate faith action, we can see it in the Bible. The Bible says, and Abraham gave glory to God. Faith action. David runs at Goliath. Faith action. Jehoshaphat praises in the middle of the battle. Faith action. So what you have to learn to do is... I am going to intentionally do something to let God know you are the source and sustainer of my life. Devil, did you hear that? He is my deliverer. He, Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He is the most high God and he has the last word. Give the Lord a shout. Father, we thank you. This word has fallen on good ground. And it always produces fruit. So I thank you, Father. We dig deep. We lay our faith on a solid rock of your word. We will not be shaken. And in the moments of our faith fight, we're going to lift up the standard of your word and declare. And you said when we resist the devil... must flee from us and our testimonies will help others in the future overcome in jesus name (laughs) amen can we praise the lord amen did y'all get blessed today now here's the here's the next thing we're going to do we're going to have a deliberate